Hi, I'm Miranda Wright with HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. And here is the mind which hath wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sitteth. And there are seven kings. Five are fallen, and one is, and the other is yet to come. And when he cometh, he must continue a short space. And the beast that was and is not, even he is the eighth and is of the seventh and goeth into perdition. And the ten horns, which thou sawest, are ten kings, which have received no kingdom as of yet, but receive power as kings in one hour with the beast. These have one mind, and shall give their power and strength unto the beast. These shall make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb shall overcome them. For he is the Lord of lords, and King of kings. And they that are with him are called, and chosen, and faithful. Revelations chapter 17, verses 9 through 14. This passage may seem a bit cryptic, but it's actually pretty straightforward and easy to interpret. There are eight world empires that rule the earth until Christ's return. We right now are currently in the seventh. The spirit at large, according to scripture, that rules over the seventh is the great whore. This astreth spirit that we read about all through scripture, she goes by many names throughout the different cultures of the world because that it is so old that it dates back to before the Tower of Babel so that after the languages were confused and changed that she took on different names. But it is this very same ancient deity that has always fought God's true prophets throughout history because that they see through her deceit, control, and manipulation and expose her. She often works undercover in manipulation and coercion, according to Revelations chapter 18, she is responsible for the deaths of many Christians throughout the ages. And according to Revelations chapter 18, she is responsible for the deaths of many Christians throughout the ages. Of course, as we look through scripture, we can see the way she worked as Ashereth, the female counterpart of Baal, all the way through even the actions of Jezebel. Moving forward into the New Testament, we see the followers of Diana coming against the disciples of the early church trying to kill them. We see even in modern times things like Isis. All of these deities are different names for the same entity. The antithesis of the bride of Jesus, it is this great harlot spirit this female goddess, she sits as a principality over seven mountains, according to our opening passage. Now, some claim this to be territories of influence, and, and some say that it represents the seven continents, implying that she rules over the whole earth in her season, which I think is a rather likely interpretation. Yet she is destroyed, according to this passage. She is dethroned and overthrown. In a suddenly, 
So I want you to think for a minute about the powers that have ruled the world for the last few hundred years. And according to this prophecy, not only is it her seat of power, but it is overthrown in one hour by sudden unstoppable fire. When this happens, it causes a collapse of the world system. The economic, social, political, military, and influential holes of the Seventh World Empire that had ruled the world up until this point. This is the moment of transition. This is a sudden shifting. Again, understand that this is where we stand in our current place in history. This is the principality that we are fighting against, this great harlot. The same one that hunted the prophets, the apostles, and the true Christians of history, and still does currently. She might dress it up real good and make it look real glamorous, just like Jezebel did, but her work is against the true prophets and the word of the God of Israel. She sits as a queen in a harbor city, the seat of power, both spiritually and physically, and declares that nothing can overthrow her. Yet by fire, but in one hour, is that city destroyed and it throws the whole world system into chaos and collapse, which allows for a sudden shift into what comes next, the eighth out of which the beast arises, that old antichrist spirit, but not for long because God will deal with it. This great harlot, this counterfeit Holy Spirit, this enemy of the bride of Christ, who kills the prophets and true ambassadors of God, has no problem with celebrity Christianity. Because she knows that it's all vanity and will save no one, but will in actuality bring them into agreement with her own spirit. Just like Jezebel hunted and killed the true prophets of God, but was more than willing to replace them with her own counterfeit prophets of Baal until there was a false church worshiping a false version of the God of Israel. So yes, she is a problem to say the least. And even though dethroning her, causes changes that might seem uneasy in the moment. It is something that is very needed because it's not worth it if the whole world is comfortable on their way to hell. It's time for the church to realize that it is in a war and appeasing the enemy so that we can stay on leave a little longer is not what we are here for. This spirit though its dethroning causes changes and shifts in the world stages that are very uneasy for a time. It is what needs to happen because we cannot be in agreement, complacent or complicit with her actions. Therefore, does God move against her in judgment? So pray and believe for God to dethrone her, but understand in scripture what that's going to look like so you don't panic and start praying against what is happening because it says in scripture that God moves against her in judgment by empowering a beast. 
to devour her. Now understand this, that God does not control this beast as though it was his friend. Make no mistakes about it. This beast is the enemy of God, the Jews, and the Christians. God simply stops restraining it because he knows that the wicked will attack whatever it can to advance its own position and ambition. It is selfish and opportunistic. Therefore, will it kill its own without remorse if the opportunity arises? This beast is the principality that is in charge of the Eighth World Empire. It comes out of the Seventh, so for a long time they existed together. Understand that what I'm telling you today is prophetic. Some of it is literal, some of it spiritual, and some of it is symbolic. Have ears to hear and eyes to see and ask the Holy Spirit to bring you clarity. The Eighth and the Seventh existed together for a time, but the Eighth, all of a sudden, unexpectedly, overpowers the Seventh in a sudden attack from a coalition of those that the heads of the Seventh once trusted and controlled. In one hour, they launched an attack by fire on the main headquarters of the Seventh World Empire, and everything collapses. Then the beast rises up to replace it. It is allowed to seem like it will succeed for a short season while the believers are being tested. It will implement a new economic system, the mark of the beast. It will war against the Christians. Yet those who endure in faith and obedience to the words of God will be saved. Then God himself will come and defeat this final enemy and bring that great city of promise, New Jerusalem. He will also bring with him those who had died through the process maintaining their faith in him. They will be resurrected. They will rule and reign with him for a thousand years from New Jerusalem and then forever from heavenly places. Everything I'm telling you is laid out clearly in scripture to get a description of it. All you have to do is go and read Revelations chapter 18 through 19. But I'm telling you this today because we need to pray. But you have to understand that when we pray against powers and principalities and rulers in dark places, as the scripture commands us to do in Ephesians, that things won't always get calmer. In the short term, sometimes it will cause plagues in Egypt or Rome to burn as the seats of these principalities and powers get overturned. And that's okay. After all, this world is not our home. This world is the enemy of God, according to scripture. And those that desire to save it will fall into a snare of Satan. Our commission, purpose, and desire should be to save the eternal souls of people out of the world. Because this world is already corrupted and damned to destruction. Nothing is going to change that. It has an end. And it's coming. But we can be eternal. We can get on the ark. We can find the way of escape that Jesus provided for us. We've got to do it his way. We've got to take the war serious. Because everything here is going to burn in the end, just like Sodom and Gomorrah did. The destruction of the Seventh World Empire that we are now facing is only a small glimpse of it. A global Sodom is coming. 
So choose your side. Stand in faith. And when your prayers begin to tear down kingdoms, don't be shaken. You're not here to fight for the temporary things of men and of demons. You're here to usher in God's kingdom. The promise given to Abraham. That city and kingdom that is not made by human hands, whose builder or carpenter is the Lord, our Jesus. That's the home that we're waiting, warring, believing, and enduring for. So take your eyes off of the seven mountains that will all burn and melt with fervent heat and put them on the one whose feet will split the mountains at his returning. In Jeremiah chapter 51, verse 20, we read this, Oh, thou art my battle axe and weapon of war. For with thee will I break in pieces the nations, and with thee will I destroy kingdoms. That is what we were created for, to tear down the kingdoms of hell, and to proclaim the good news that Jesus made a way for us to enter into his inheritance, New Jerusalem, the promised land, the land that was promised to the seed of Abraham. So today, God, we pray for the saints all over the world. Lord, we pray against suffering. We pray for your word to come forth with power, with authority, and with anointing. We pray for you to dethrone these powers and principalities from their seats of authority. We pray for protection and placement over the remnant, that you would establish places for them to preach your gospel from and to raise up their children to know the word of God. Lord, we ask that you tear down every plot and plan of the enemy of hell and of Baal. Oh, that antichrist spirit that comes in and devours its own that spirit right now that is setting the stage to dethrone everything that the world right now knows because it wants to set up something completely different. But that shift, that change that it thinks will be permanent is only a transition. It's only a testing stage. Oh Lord, if we will but have faith and endure trusting in the word of the Lord, then you yourself will come, will step in, and will defeat that old antichrist system so that we ought to do as we were instructed by Jesus that when we see all these things beginning to come upon the earth, we should look up and rejoice because we know that our redemption draweth nigh. We're not of this world and we're not trying to save it. That's not our fight. We're here to preach the promise, the good news of the world to come and save as many of the souls of men out of this world because it's facing sure damnation. We stand on the brink of a new wrath event. Just like Noah did in his time, he didn't tell people to try to go and save the world that was. He preached repentance, get your heart right because everything's about to change. You need to get on the ark. You need to be ready to be saved so that you can make it to the world to come. Everything is going to be different on the other side of this shifting 
by faith they had to believe it. And the sad thing is, is that outside of his family, none of them did. But nevertheless, God saved Noah, the eighth man, a preacher of righteousness. Your job, my friend, is to preach repentance, to preach righteousness, to get out there and to tell them, don't worry about saving this world system. You get out there and worry about saving souls. You preach to your family. You preach to your friends. You preach on social media and on the radio and on TV and on the street corner. You preach in your schools and in your workplace to get ready because it's all going to end one day. But there is a way of escape. Jesus made it himself in Gethsemane when he drunk the cup of wrath for us at the Last Supper, when he offered us a cup of covenant, when he offered to make us the bride of Jesus, and then he as our husband stood in the way and took the wrath for us, that if we will be found hidden in him, he is the ark of the new covenant. Then we can enter into New Jerusalem with him and be spared the judgment. So don't try to save that old harlot's system. Don't try to be part of what the beast will soon be offering because he will offer you a counterfeit ark, a pyramid, a tower of Babel all over again, something that can help you to escape the judgment. But he can't do it. It's all empty promises. There is one way of escape. And Jesus offered it. We must repent of our sins. Come to him. Believe in what he did and every word that he said. Be cleansed by his blood. Filled with his spirit. Come into marriage covenant. And follow his leading. Into New Jerusalem. That place that he has been preparing for us. You see, that is the beauty of the new covenant. For Noah, he had to build the ark. For us, it's our Lord who does the work. He's the builder. He's the carpenter. He's the one who went to prepare that place for us. So the only way in is marriage. Because it's his inheritance. But we can be part of it. Because what our husband inherits, we can inhabit. But it's not going to work if we try to make it our own idea of what a marriage is. No, we've got to come into agreement with the original conditions. We've got to let him be the husband. He is our protection. He is our provision. He gives the instructions. And we submit to them. And it's not grievous. We work together. It's a joy to be with him. So trim your lamps, fill your vessels with oil, get your garments ready for the marriage supper of the Lamb is coming. And it's not coming for the harlot. It's coming for the pure and spotless bride of Jesus. This message was brought to you by HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.